Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode 242. And it's that time of year when we figured we would do our seasonal reminder about hunting and bushcraft safety. So those of you that have may have been around for a few years, you'll know that around this time every year, we do give a quick reminder to it so that our fellow our fellow bushcrafters out there potentially don't get themselves into a little bit of trouble. And it's just kind of a quick chat about a few things that you can do to keep yourself out in the woods and entertained, but be safe while doing it. Because, I mean, frankly, hunting's just another outdoor sport. Uh, it's, I mean, regardless of what your personal feelings are on it, it's still just as valid as a sport as anything else. And we have to give a little respect to those people as well as, you know, they should give a little respect towards bushcrafting and things like that. So it's all about keeping the peace and being safe while you're doing it, I think. Or at least that's my outlook on it. Ben, thoughts? I agree. Um, I mean, I do hunt on occasion. I do enjoy the, to go hunting. But the fact is, I've also had the conversation with hunters that, they have to have respect for everyone else that's out there too. Cause I said, it, and one guy said, well, I never see anyone but hunters when I'm out in the woods. So like, I've been in the woods and I know a lot of people who go out. I know, you know, some mountain bikers, some snowshoers, some hikers and campers and a bunch of us go out in the woods and we're not necessarily there for hunting. Some of us want photos. Some of us, you know, just want the peace and quiet. And yeah. so, Mutual respect for everyone out there, I think, is, is an important thing. Um, and, I mean, it does come to hunting, at least here in eastern Canada. It is kind of restricted to a season. So, unlike us bushcrafters or other outdoors enthusiasts, hunters, they are already very kind of regulated and restricted with the amount of time that they're allowed to be in the woods. You know what I mean? So, the, the only downside to it is they're kind of in the woods at the best time to go camping. <laughs> you know what I mean? This time of year is great. Well, it's actually turned really cold over here in the East Coast really fast. But normally, this is the time of year when it's great to get out there. There's no bugs, cooler nights, okay warmish days. It's usually a bushcrafter's dream. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My favorite time of year. So, there's nothing saying that you can't get out there and have a little fun. And like I said, this is just kind of a quick reminder of how to get out there, enjoy your fun, but be safe while doing it. And the first one, of course, it's a no-brainer. Blaze orange or hunter's orange. You know what I mean? That's pretty standard. It's one of those things. Anytime you're going in the woods, anytime around any kind of hunting season, and we're talking small game, big game, anything, it's not a bad idea to wear a little blaze orange. Uh, and even outside hunting season, it's not a bad idea because it has very high visibility. And I mean, if you're going into new areas and stuff like that, one, you're easy to spot if anything ever did happen. Um, and two, it... I mean, depending on your situation, it does make you stand out. So if you are just hiking and stuff like that, you're going to get noticed. You know what I mean? You're not going to disappear into the trees that easy. People are going to acknowledge your presence there regardless of what's going on. That could be good or bad, whichever way you want to use it. But you have to admit, Ben, it does make you stick out. Yeah. Um, and honestly, sometimes when I'm looking at gear, I know a lot of people run to the camo gear and they, that if I can find nice, bright gear year-round. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me, so I will take the, the break here. Um, make sure you cover your dogs with the same thing, or your pets, or your children, unless you really don't want any of that to come home. <laughs> <laughs> Tie a set of limbs to their head, tell them to go play in the field, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so just, you know, make sure that if you're going in the woods, you know, it's not hard to get a brake collar or a vest for, for most things that'll be out there. Um, you know, the other thing, just 
common sense, you know, move it to the protected areas. There's certain areas where hunting is just not allowed. And often those, some of these wilderness protected areas are open for recreational use and not hunting. So, you know, give the hunters their space and you take the space that's more designated for that. And that is a good point. I mean, there's still a lot of parks and stuff that are open to walking and trails and stuff like that, provincial, as well as federal parks. And that's always a good thing. There is no hunting on any of those places. And like Ben said, there is game preserves. Something here in uh, Nova Scotia, Wiscombe Game Sanctuary comes to mind. That's one of the local ones here to me. And there's nothing saying you still can't go out and enjoy the woods there. You're just not allowed to carry any kind of firearms or do any kind of hunting activities unless it's during a very specific time period there which has already come and gone uh you know what i mean once again just be aware of where you're going but like ben said just avoid the areas where the hunters potentially could be i mean once again it's only a short relatively short amount of time that the seasons are open at least here uh as long as you can be aware of them you can kind of avoid them you know what i mean yeah i think the the wilderness areas in nova scotia so like the toby attic and that i think they're restricted i don't think you're allowed to no hunting period? I don't think so. Hmm. We can verify that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Once again, folks, we're not experts. Check local laws and regulations before you go along with this. We're just referring to our own personal experiences and stuff with this. Um, something else to think about while you're out there in the woods, and this is going to kind of be where it gets a little different from your normal day-to-day -day activities. You may want to cut down on some of the noise activity. Uh, you know what I mean? And I don't mean don't have fun. That's not what I mean at all. But this, you know what I mean? If you can find ways to maybe eliminate some of the noise or cut down on some of the noise, hunters are going to appreciate this a little bit. It's just going to, you know, they'll be happy about it. And once again, it's kind of that mutual respect thing. If you're out there running your chainsaw or banging rocks together, whatever the case may be, and there's a hunter somewhere relatively close by, you may be spooking game on them. And going along with that, if you are out in the woods and you do stumble across a hunting site or something like that, leave well enough alone. You know what I mean? Don't go in and poking around and changing things. Oh, look at that. You know what I mean? No, that's somebody's stuff. Leave it be. You wouldn't want somebody going into your campsite and poking around your gear. Don't go poking around hunting stands and things like that. Yeah, if there's a tree stand there, you don't have to climb up and take a look at it. If they do have a bait site, if you're in a province that allows that, you don't have to go play with the bait or change stuff around like that. It's their stuff. Just kind of leave them be. Give them a little room. Leave them a little respect. So I just looked it up here a bit. There, there may be some hunting, but there's more right restrictions. So for one thing, in the Toby Attic area, which is one I looked up, it says you can't bait. Yeah, and for I know the one here, like Liscom, there's some really... Uh, I would have to refer back to the written rules, but there is some pretty heavy regulations in there too. If they still allow that very specific two week window where you're allowed to go in with bows or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's, there was a lot of stipulations going into this area. Yeah. Hunting and trapping and sport fishing are generally permitted under the same rules that are apply outside of wilderness areas. The only current exceptions are baiting for bear hunting is not permitted in wilderness areas and use of bait for deer hunting is not permitted in the Toby attic wilderness area. So just look into your rules and regulations for your area. There are other places that are wildlife protected areas, which I think would be different. There are different titles, look them up, understand them. Um, 
And I think none of the national parks. I don't think you can hunt. No. Although they may... That's my knowledge. They, they may at some point um, allow controlled occurring if there's certain issues. Mm. So Nomads joined us here in the comments, and he has a comment here uh, that's worth mentioning. There was a debate when I was in Pennsylvania about opening up a Sunday, and the non-hunters were upset because they felt they couldn't hike. Uh, keep in mind, this was land maintained and designated to hunt. Uh, and that's something we have here in Eastern Canada, at least, is generally we don't hunt on Sundays, except for the first two Sundays in long gun season, generally. I haven't yeah. checked the regulations this year, but I assume it's still there. And that's the way it came in. They said, okay, we're going to usually save all Sundays, day of rest, uh, except for the first two Sundays, because the, you know, the other side of this argument was hunters generally only have a limited time to get in the woods anyway. Most of these people are working class individuals. They're working their Mondays to Fridays, or they can dip into their vacations or something like that to try and get a little hunting time in. And yes, there are some sport hunters there that are just going out and looking for a trophy. And that's that's its own thing, and you know what I mean? But a good majority of these hunters, they're going out to harvest this game to augment and offset their food costs for the winter. Like, that's when I go out hunting, that's what I do. I am looking to offset my cost of food for the winter, and a large portion of that being meat. Meat, as most people realize, goes up in price during the winter because, you know, it's generally not harvest season. There's not good field conditions, supply, demand, yada, yada, yada. You see the price of hamburgers start to climb. So I, you know, I do hunt. Uh, I do hunt small game and large game. And if I am lucky enough to get something, keep in mind I harvest the entire animal. Like, I am one of those folks. Even the bones don't go to waste, depending. I have contacts uh, from here to Newfoundland that look for deer fur for tying flies. You know what I mean? I try to use as much of everything as I can. And I know a lot of people get this idea in their head that, you know, hunters just go out there, they shoot something, they cut a part off and leave the rest in the woods. There is a small percentage of hunters that do that. And frankly, most other hunters, we don't do that, nor do we really appreciate when that happens either. A lot of us we're just trying to support ourselves to a degree. You know what I mean? Yes, we can go to the store and yes, we can buy food. But keep in mind, going to the store and buying food takes money. And that's that's where the problem therein comes. You know what I mean? Not that we're poor. Uh, some people, yeah, this actually is a way of life. You know what I mean? This is their winter's meat. But even those of us that aren't, this is our winter's meat. It's a lot of meat. You know what I mean? Providing you do it correctly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's health reasons, too. Like, some people want the leaner meat. Some people want meat that's never been given antibiotics and, and stuff like that. Like, there's reasons for people to do that. Uh, I had a, a relative who um, had cancer, and that was one of their things, is they stopped trying to eat store-bought meat. They didn't feel it was, it was fit for human consumption. That was their belief, and I don't disagree that there's some points to that. So... No, I was just going to say, the other side of this is a lot of wild venison and stuff. Yeah. It's very high in protein, low in fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when a lot of people eat it specifically for that, it fills a very large protein need for them. Uh, you know, people that are potentially lactose intolerant, can't eat cheese and things like that. Venison, pound for pound, generally has more protein than fat as versus uh, store-bought meat. Store-bought meat, they always try to include a little fat because fat 
generally it adds a little flavor, adds a little texture, a little marbleizing to it, makes things tender, you know what I mean? All the stuff you find good about meat generally is what you're not looking for in wild game when you're harvesting it. Or, well, you are, but some people don't, I guess is the better way to say that. So, I mean, this is not to justify or or vilify uh, hunting. I mean, we, we kind of admit that, you know, it's a legit thing. Some people are going to be out there and how do you protect yourself? So, I just want to highlight some of the things we've said and then continue on to a couple other things that I think people need to be fairly aware of. Absolutely. Wear bright clothes. Avoid areas that are known to be, you know, high hunting activity because you're just going to come across them. Um, if you are going into an area, you know, it doesn't hurt to if you're especially you're leaving a vehicle. Something we hadn't mentioned, and probably have never. It it doesn't hurt to mention what you're going in for. Like you can leave a tag on your your car and say in for a hike coming back at such and such a time. It's not an uncommon thing for hikers to do anyways. Um, and it lets a hunter who knows he's going into the area, A, that, that there's a hiker in the area, and B, that you're not competition, you're not someone that they need to be concerned that you're, you're hunting the same area. Um, and they will make the appropriate decisions on what they're going to do, um, whether that they feel that you'll be in the same area or not. Um, and it also might help prevent you from having somebody call the police and think your car is just abandoned anyways. And that does happen increasingly in hunting season for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, people see a vehicle just parked on the side of the road. They don't know why it's there. Some of them may not even think about the hunting season and just call and say, listen, I've seen a car parked on the side of the road. Is he okay? What's going on? So leaving a note there, if the police come by and they look in and see it at the window and say, I'm hunting, left on this date, we'll be back on this date. You'll be left a little. Funny enough, um, I was just to a fire call a couple nights ago. Abandoned vehicle. Wasn't abandoned yeah. at all. Person was just out doing their thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. So that's just, just a quick uh, note. The other thing, um, it doesn't hurt to familiarize yourself even if you don't hunt, what are the hunting rules and regulations? Especially in concerning of trapping. Because yeah. I I don't know about you, but I have come across traps when I've been on the rivers and I've been in the woods. And it's, it's good to know what the signs of one are and how to avoid one. Uh, you wouldn't want to get tangled up in one. You wouldn't want to accidentally set one off, obviously. Um, and it's just best to stay safe. Um, and it helps you be aware of it. So you you can understand what kind of traps are used, what animals they're for, and how they're identified. Because they're both supposed to be identified so that somebody coming by can see them and say, okay, there's a trap in this area, or this is the beginning of a trap line. It should give you an idea if you're just hiking random trails. Oh, absolutely. Any education you can get on any of the subjects is beneficial to you, once again, regardless of which side of the fence you sit on. Education... It's easy to carry around, you know what I mean? Takes no weight, you can store it. Yeah, sometimes there's cost involved in it, but generally everything you want to know, you're going to be able to find online. Like Ben said, most of the hunting regulations and stuff, you can find online. Nova Scotia's oh, regulations, yeah. you can find right on the Renewable Resources website. Or Natural Resource... I can't remember what they're calling themselves this year. It seems like it changes every year. But anyway, you can find it on their website. Most provinces are going to have them posted on their website too. And it's going to give you the times. Uh, hunting generally is only during daylight hours. You know what I mean? 
So at night, most likely, you're not going to have to worry too much. That's not to say hunters aren't going to be coming in or leaving the woods during the morning and evening, but generally there's no shooting after dark, you know what I mean? Um, and it's going to tell you what seasons are in. Uh, depending on what seasons it's in, it could dictate how you travel in the woods. I know for me, during deer season, that's our large game over here, I'm a little bit more on my toes than if it was just rabbit season, you know what I mean? I'm going to be a lot more easy to be mistaken for a deer than I am going to be for a rabbit. Now, that being said, I still wear blaze orange either way, but I'm always a little bit more cognitive when uh, it's deer season. You know what I mean? I don't want to be prancing through a field, potentially with sticks hanging off my backpacker kind of deal. Once again, going to that extreme side of things. But you know what I mean? It's just know what's in season, and then you can kind of act accordingly and avoid the areas where those game roam. I mean, if it's bird season... I'm going to avoid apple trees. That's where every hunter is going to be, is finding every apple tree in the province and trying to get themselves their grouse and pheasants. So I'm just going to avoid apple trees or apple fields and things like that. Yeah, and Red Bear Tactical here. Some places allow night hunting for predators or wild pigs. Uh, yeah, very true. And like I said, you're going to have to look at your local laws. Most places in Canada, it's usually raccoon hunting, I think it is. This is the only thing we'll allow at night, and it has to be done with a dog, and there's a whole bunch of other regulations and stuff on that. But yeah, they are allowed, uh, and you do have to look into that. But once again, generally, hunting at night is far more regulated, and has to be done in a specific manner and stuff like that. Because, once again, risks are going up at night. You don't want people out there with firearms just shooting anything that walk, you know, walks, creeps, or crawls. So they're going to put a little bit more regulation into it. Seen um, an article a little while ago, and I, I was just trying to quickly look it up because I thought of it. Most people say hunting is best in the, the early morning and 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 evening, just just after and just before sunrise. But I did see an article a little while ago where someone put trackers on deer and found that that not to be actually the case. There's there's other active times. And Nomad just kind of threw the same thing out here. Also, most hunters are moving in the morning and evening, so hunters are also going to be out, or, sorry, most animals are moving in the morning and evening, so most hunters are going to be out there at the same time. If you're trying to avoid hunters, avoid the peak times. Like, I mean, you can educate yourself to a little degree here and be respectful of what they're doing. Once again, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. The reality is people hunt. Yeah. Be respectful of it if you don't want to get involved in that kind of stuff then kind of avoid that kind of stuff you know what i mean we're not saying stay out of the woods we're just saying think a little bit more foresightly i don't know if that's a word or even a statement but hopefully you folks know what i mean have a little more foresight when you are planning your trips out there yeah i think it's important um yeah wear bright clothing avoid areas where there are two Identify yourself, things like marking your vehicle and all that. The other thing is it doesn't hurt to be, and don't be annoying about it, but don't be super quiet. You know, it doesn't yeah. hurt to talk a little bit, not yelling or screaming, just so you don't startle anyone or startle an animal as you come upon them. Because honestly, everyone out there is at that point, animals and people, their, their senses are a little sharpened. They're a little bit more attuned and if they hear you coming you're less likely to spook something and if you spook an animal and somebody's hunting nearby that could be a chance when i think a risk increases so mm. giving that little bit of a heads up doesn't hurt 
and that's the thing. You kind of got to balance that. Earlier, I said don't be too noisy, and I guess that you hit the nail on the head there, Ben. You got to find your happy medium. You don't want to be so noisy that you're spooking all the game in the area for these people that are potentially enjoying that sport. But you don't want to be so quiet that, you know, as you're walking around in the woods, people think maybe you're some kind of game. You know what I mean? So you got to temper that with a little bit of common sense or rational thinking at the very least. Yeah. And that's why I say, you know, just, you know, it doesn't hurt to talk or play music that's loud enough for you to hear, not necessarily outdoor. I would recommend not necessarily using things like earbuds and stuff Mm. because what it may do is turn your senses down to the things that are happening around you. Um, with the you know heightened activity and everything else, so try not to filter the whole world out. But yeah, I think the other thing is yeah, it's it's perfectly okay to go out and enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. Also, I think hunters generally avoid um, common hiking trails or camping areas, anyways. So. That's because they're being respectful of the sport on the other side of things. You know what I mean? They don't want to be around people. They're aware that not everybody appreciates hunting and what it has to offer and things like that. So they're not going to go, generally, they're not going to go into highly traveled areas and flaunt all this stuff. You know what I mean? They generally keep them themselves as well. Nobody likes confrontation. Nobody wants to go out. If you're in the woods, nobody wants to have to stop and have a conversation with somebody about whether they can be there or not. Uh, I've talked to a lot of hunters who, who gave it up over the years because they were frustrated with everywhere they seemed to go. They were harassed or, or bullied or, you know, whatnot. So, you know, they tend to avoid areas. They generally ask permission. Oftentimes hunters now are using private land and they ask permission from the owners and it's a spot that you wouldn't normally be hiking. Um, And that's kind of what I've moved on to as a hunter as well. I have a complete private lot that somebody from out your area actually owns back here. Uh, They're out there not using it. So I knew who they were, contacted them, said, hey, can I hunt on your property? They were like, yeah, would absolutely love you to. Uh, There's a couple game animals there that are running rampant and they're trying to turn it into kind of like a homesteading land when they eventually come back. So they want wildlife managed. They don't want them wiped out. They want wildlife managed. Like we... I talked to the landowners. They told me specifically what kind of deer they would, wouldn't would mind being harvested and what they'd like seeing left. Same as some other wildlife and things like that. And that's kind of what you get into is it's, you have, it, it's a little give take and being respectful, you know, at the end of the day. A couple things here from the comments uh, and good points here. So Nomad, and if you do see someone hunting, walk somewhere else. Nothing more annoying than when you sneak into your spot and are walking quietly for deer to see some, or for deer, the sorry sneaking into your spot and are waiting quietly for deer not walking waiting quietly for deer to see someone walk right through your line of fire uh and then red bear falls very dangerous time to be around a lot of animals the rut is bad time to cross a moose or an elk or deer um and most bear are trying to fatten up for the winter and that's another thing most times during hunting season it's generally peak aggressive time for most wildlife too. So don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? There's a little, uh, there's a little danger in there as well. Taking the hunters out of the equation. Um, and that's all things worth thinking about in all honesty. And that, that's all this all was, was just, you know, quick reminders. You can still get out there. You can have fun. Just be respectful folks. It is a sport. Some people enjoy it. This is, um, 
their way like they look forward to this all year you know what i mean i have buddies that are avid hunters and they're doing it for harvesting meat for their freezer and stuff like that but all year their thing is hunting you know what i mean they're really good about it but that that's how they get to the woods that's how they go outside that's how they enjoy the woods that's what they do you know what i mean we bushcraft they hunt <laughs> so well it's, it's interesting I, I sat down a few years ago sitting down with a couple of guys that were were avid hunters and they looked at us and said oh you guys are all outdoors guys and one guy looked at him and said no i'm not an outdoors guy i'm a hunter and he said, what's the difference he said i go out to hunt that's the only time in the woods you won't find me out camping or, or canoeing or unless it's to go hunting he said, Ben is out there regardless. <laughs> like, there's a difference between the two of us, right? One of us is out there because they love the woods and hunting is, is an add-on activity. The other one is much more into it. And if you look at our gear, he has a lot of hunting gear. I have a lot of outdoors gear. Hmm. There is some crossover and they're not necessarily exclusive, but you can tell. Like I have zero decoys. I don't have any baiting systems. I have no ladders to climb trees. I have zero idea how to use any kind of wild game call. Zero. Couldn't tell you the first thing on how to use one. I don't own one. Wouldn't even know what to look for. Right. Um, but yeah, I have plenty of ways to start fire. I have plenty of knives, saws. I can build just shelters. I can set up different shelters, sleeping systems, all that I have. And uh, there is a difference. And uh, the two do meet. There are plenty of people who are into both. Some avid hunters are, are really just avid outdoorsmen that just use that as an excuse to get out uh and there's you know other people that you know it's just for the hunt or for the food and uh yeah so yeah i think for tonight um unless you got more to talk about on this ben that that's pretty much the wrap up for the reminder of hunting i did however have one other semi sort of topic i want to chat about with you at the end of our hunting topic, which I didn't include in the description immediately, but I may go back and change later on to get people's opinion on this. So first and foremost, was there anything we wanted to add in on the, the reminder of hunting season? Uh, not at the moment. Okay, so we can circle back to that. Because Nomad's here, and this was their idea, I wanted to uh, bring this up at a live show. And you may have seen the comment they made on episode 241, Quilts versus Sleeping. Uh, and if I can get this to scroll down, what's going on here? Oh gosh, I'm all over the place. I am a royal mess. There we go. Um, mm, mm, mm. so just a suggestion. What about a community episode with the audience as in bringing on some of the regular people and have a discussion? Might get crazy. May have to have somebody to mediate things like that, but you know what? We have talked about an idea like this before in the past. And what we were calling it then, and we joked about it, and if you go back to some of our very first episodes, you know, like Sub 50, you may even hear us mention the digital campfire. You know what yes. I mean? And that's what this idea always was, was just to get people online, maybe have it a little separate from this specific podcast, pick a topic and just have a free-for-all. You know what I mean? But more off or less of the informative environment that we try to do here in Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures, and more of that informal format of just a couple of buddies around a campfire. You know what I mean? Probably we would list those episodes, I imagine, as explicit. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, Ben and I can usually half manage ourselves, but you start adding a couple people into the mix, it gets real easy to let things slip. 
we understand that. But yeah, I, I still totally love the idea of the, the old digital campfire idea. You know what I mean? And I, I have no idea how to make that medium work. But that if that is something people are interested in, one, we need volunteers. You know what I mean? It's all good and dandy to say, oh, yeah, we'd love to do this. But we have asked for volunteers to come on the show in the past. And a lot of times it's Ben or I having to approach individuals to see if they want to be on the show. We don't get a lot of people wanting to say, hey, can I come on the show? I'd love to be a guest and we'll chat you up. You know what I mean? Because honestly, we're cool with that, too. If somebody wants to jump on the show and just be another voice in this, yeah, by all means, drop us a note and we'll get you on a show. We we just You don't have to be a specialist in any way, shape, or form, because I can tell you for hell we're not. But <laughs> just if you want to shoot the breeze, we're cool with that. And if there's a couple people, I would love to rekindle the digital campfire thing. At one point, the talk was once a month or once every other month that our podcast would just be that. And yeah, I'm still good with that idea. Like have it uh, once a month, once bi-monthly, whatever the case may be. And that'll just be, you know, the Atlantic Bushcraft digital campfire. And we'll just kind of let loose. Might be very interesting. I still, I've always loved the idea. Ben and I have always been on board with that. But the reality is getting people to come to it. We've had a lot of people say they'd be interested in it. And then when we try to arrange dates, you know what I mean? Life happens. We're not saying, you know, people blew us off or whatever, because that's not the case. It's just life happens. This is all volunteer, folks. We make time. Well, we schedule time for this, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben works. I work. We take time to try and make this happen. It's all on a volunteer basis. And then we try to pull other people into it. Well, now you have to worry about other time zones and stuff like that. And, like, for me, it's 9.30 at night right now. For Ben, I think it's only 5.30. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's, like, a big gap in there. And depending on where you are across the globe, I, I have no idea what your gap's going to be. You know what I mean? But if people are interested in this, I know Nomad is. 100%. I know Nomad would jump on with us. Absolutely no problem. But if we're going to do something like this, I'm envisioning, like, five people bare minimum you know what i mean that way you get a good flavoring of opinions because with atlantic bushcraft adventures as i'm sure most of our lovely listeners out there understand it's generally just you and i ben and just our yeah. opinions you know what i mean i would love to throw some spice in the mix yeah no i agree 100 percent uh yeah honestly if somebody wants to offer to come on and talk about any particular subject or even just come on and and not be the expert, but just ask the questions that they feel they really want to know and, and be part of that part of the conversation. We can facilitate that, too. Um, other thing I thought that we should just throw out there is there is a lot of sales. Before me and you went on live, mm. we kind of mentioned it. There's a lot of sales right now on the go, and it might be the chance to pick up some of that gear you're looking for. If there's a certain piece of gear you're looking for, let us know, and we may be able to tell you if we have any experience with that piece of gear or help set you up to somebody who does who can help answer questions on that, too. Yeah, and you know what? Ben and I are always researching gear, even though we potentially will never own it. It's just one of the things that we obsessively compul or Yeah, we obsessively, obsessively and compulsively do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think the best politically correct way to say this, but yeah, Ben hit it right there. We obsess over this stuff. We research things meticulously oh. <laughs> and that's no exaggeration yeah. there's there's one watch i've been doing research on for like two months <laughs> but 
what you have. The, the other thing this digital campfire setting could give us is it could be, one, we can modify the time a little bit, depending. We could even have it on a different night, but once again, we'd have to get input onto this, what people would want. We could also move away or closer to the format that we do now. Like Ben said, if somebody has questions they want us to answer, once again, not being potentially the expert, but just wanting to ask questions and get some feedback and stuff like that, that's fine. Or we can kind of dive off the deep end and we can just, as long as the topic is related to being outdoors to some degree, because once again, we are kind of a bushcrafting channel, want to try and keep it somewhat relatable. I'm game. You know what I mean? And that can be a very loose relatable to me because <laughs> i know one day we talked about drones on here and people would be like well how is a drone an outdoor thing well if you're into outdoor photography a drone's gonna be a great thing as long as you can pitch it and have a spin that's related to being outdoors i'm game well i think the drone is a very outdoors thing but that might be because i have some <laughs> <laughs> nomad i only have 60 tabs of gear open right now those are rookie numbers man you gotta bring those up <laughs> rookie numbers i got three monitors <laughs> and two laptops and guaranteed if you look at any of them somewhere on it there's probably a piece of outdoor gear that i just <laughs> left the window open and be like i'll come back to that <laughs> yeah sometimes i, I do sometimes i don't i'm not gonna lie on amazon you can go to camel camel look up all the gear and then see if the prices move <laughs> <laughs> i do i literally have websites open on my other monitor over here that tracks the trends of certain things that i want to buy that way i know when it goes on sale and i can get it and every time i come sit down at a computer i just glance over and go oh okay that's where it is in the price it's not on sale yet and i go on about my business but if i don't leave it up i'm not going to remember nomad says you can't use a drone inside i beg to differ good sir i have flown mine inside a good many a time should i absolutely not has it always been a complete poop show yes but i can do it um yeah and now i've been you haven't gotten into this and I, but i've now starting to track things in both canada and the u.s yeah i'm not close enough yet but we're gonna talk after the show the summer vacation idea for next year for us is changing to potentially into a stateside trip. And I want to try and figure out how to cross paths during that. Okay. We got time to plan is all I can say. Very good. Okay. I think we've hit everything we wanted to tonight. It might be a shorter episode than normal, but you that's know, okay. that's nice once, once again, in a while. Yeah. I think it's worthwhile. I, I know some listeners out there are going to be like, oh my God, these guys do this every year. But that's kind of the point, folks, is it's just a quick reminder. Hey, yeah, hunting season's out there. You don't have to abandon the woods, but here's how you can be safe. And of course, I want to talk about this digital campfire idea because Nomad brought it up. I've always been interested in doing this. We also have John Doe joining us here. Uh, hey, John, how's it going? The exchange rate is in my favor. Nomad, I like some of the Canadian websites because the exchange rate is in my favor. Yeah, oh, the U.S. dollar is a little stronger. There's, a, there's even a few things I've been finding recently where the Canadian prices are cheaper than the Americans, even when you do the conversion. Uh, so you really do have to look on both sides of the border. And if you can buy from either side, it's worth it. Uh, surprisingly what you can find. Oftentimes they're, they round to a, a, a number that makes sense. Mm. So they're trying to keep it under the $30 mark or whatever. So in the States it might be 25, but that should be like 35 here. You're selling it for 30 here. So 
you're saving five bucks really yeah and that's a perfect thing like you do got to check both sides of the border uh and just something i thought of you were talking about sales earlier there's a lot of sales coming up kind of looping back to that topic i know we're all scattered all over the place but welcome to atlantic bushcraft adventures yeah, the reason there's so many sales coming up is because pre-Black Friday sales and stuff like that. I know uh, in the United States, I think Black Friday is the Friday around Thanksgiving. And I know I, people are going to roll their eyes and be like, how do you not know what this is? I'm going to be honest, guys. I don't pay attention to holidays in the slightest. They come, they go. That's all I can tell you. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, there's a lot of sales coming up. Cabela's, Bass Pro, depending on which side of the border you're on, there's a lot of big sales coming up. I don't know if anybody's on the East Coast and they listen to the queue in the morning. They've, every morning, have been releasing what some of the sale prices are going to be, and some of them are just phenomenal for some of the gear that's coming up. Like, there was a knife set, and I think it's 90% off or something like that, and there's sleeping bags, and there's camp stoves, and... There's a lot of stuff going to be going on sale if that's what you potentially happen to be looking for. It's definitely going to be a good week starting, I think, either tomorrow or Friday to keep an eye on some of the flyers on some of these outdoor supply uh, websites, especially if they have an American counterpart. Yeah, I just looked at Cabela's just quickly here. Uh, the Go Hunt sale ends today. Well, Wednesday sale's on right now, and there's more sales coming, so... Yeah, like I said, I know that pre-Black Friday sale or whatever, they're not even putting the flyers out into either tomorrow or Friday, and I can't remember which day it is, but it's in the next two days. That much I do know. But yeah, anyway, that's that, That's all I really had to finish up on that topic. So I think for tonight, we kind of hit the topics we wanted to. We added a topic in, and we rambled as much like we normally do. So I think it's been a good night. It's a win in my books. Anyways, like always, get out there, have fun, enjoy yourself, let us know how it goes, and uh, send us a link if, or uh, a shout if you want to do the digital campfire with us. Yeah, 100%. Contact information's down below. Check the website, check uh, Facebook or YouTube if you're watching. Shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to get the digital campfire going. All right, folks, see you next week. Get out there, have fun, play safe, all that good stuff. Night, all. <laughs>